Welcome to a special Excel edition of Talos Take. This week, you'll be hearing a recording of our live stream from earlier this week covering the Cassia supply chain attack and associated ransomware campaigns. Hazel Burton from Cisco Marketing Hosts, joined by Nick Biasini from Talos Outreach. Please enjoy. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Hazel Burton. Welcome to this live stream broadcast from Cisco Secure and Cisco Talos. Now, the past few days have been a lot for people in the security industry. Um, on Friday in the US, people were just about to clock off for what would hopefully be a great and relaxing 4th of July long weekend, only for cyber criminals to have other plans. So what we're going to be talking about today is the R-Evil ransomware attack and the Kaseya VSA supply chain attack and the unfolding events and the impact for organizations around the world. Now, there's been a lot of coverage on this, and it's quite a complicated scenario. So what we want to do today is go over the facts of the event as we understand them today, and also what that means for our defenders going forward. So I'm here with Nick Giacini, who leads the US outreach team for Talos, and he's going to be answering your questions. So thank you for joining us, Nick. How are you doing? Thanks so much for in introducing me, Hazel. Uh, I'm glad to be here. It's been a long weekend, uh, and I'm really looking forward to see, you know, share with you what we've learned. Uh, it may only be Wednesday, but I am definitely looking forward to the weekend already. I guess I can kind of just talk about what we found. Uh, so basically what happened is this Kasaya VSA and our evil campaign is it's a two-part incident. Uh, there are two completely different separate parts. So the first part involved a zero day in Kasaya VSA software. Uh, Kasaya VSA is a MSP uh, software management platform. It's used primarily for monitoring and management of endpoints. And as such, you can imagine it has a very high level of access. So part one of the attack was the adversaries, these are evil ransomware adversaries, compromising these servers. Then they used these servers to deploy in a coordinated manner uh, our evil ransomware. Uh, this is what was actually showing up on end systems. This is the thing that was actually encrypting and uh, ransoming these systems to their victims. And I believe we have Hazel now coming back online. So let's, uh, let's throw it back to, to her to kind of roll us forward. So yeah, at a high level, that's what happened with the Kasaya incident and uh, the R Evil ransomware group. Great, thanks for, thanks for that, Nick. Um, I have no idea what happened, but I suspect it was a cat uh, who just ran across the wires. Anyway, um, there's just a couple of things. Uh, thank you for that timeline. Just a couple of things before I ask you some more questions about the attack. Um, and that is that we are going to be taking your live questions. So if you have a question for Nick, uh, do pop that in the comments and we will answer as many of those as we can live on air. Um, I also want to mention a resource that you can access if you haven't seen it already. So Talos, as they always do, have been keeping a live blog on this attack, which is updated as soon as we can confirm any new information. So I recommend uh, bookmarking that, and you can find that. It's just coming up on the screen now, cs.co slash kaseya 
uh, uh, forward slash Regal. So um, head to that and um, that will be your greatest resource um, moving forward. Um, so Nick, you've uh, mentioned, um, you know, the, the timeline of the attack. Um, can you kind of tell us a little bit more um, about what happened um, and what kind of the, the biggest takeaways that you see so far? Yeah, so uh, that I, I forgot to mention, the actual attack timeline started on July 2nd. Uh, the way that it worked is we started to see chatter about there being potentially a ransomware campaign underway. Shortly after that, the uh, involvement in uh, relation to Kasaya became to, started to come to light and more details around how the two-phase attack work happened. Uh, the attack itself was relatively short-lived. It only occurred during a small window. Uh, one of the biggest things to call out, though, is that a zero day was involved in this. So it's really hard to determine who else may have had access to this exploit and may have been exploiting it uh, before, during, or immediately after this particular incident occurred. And as we saw, uh, Kasaya's recommendation is to shut off your VSA server. That is definitely one of the most important things you can do if you do have one of these systems, is make sure until there's a patch available that you have the system shut down. Great. Um, I also want to talk about the fact that this is the first time we've seen uh, remote management software used as the entry point to a ransomware campaign. You know, we've seen this exact software being used before. Um, can, you, can you talk about that and where this one sits in that context? Yeah. So unfortunately, uh, what we're seeing time and time again is these ransomware cartels will use literally any means necessary to get into these networks. Uh, we've seen them across the whole suite of things from brute forcing attacks to active exploitation to phishing to everything in between. And this is yet another example of that. What they're really trying to do is abuse trust. Uh, we've seen MSPs abused before. We've seen MSP management software abused before. This is not new. And what organizations need to realize is trust is a necessary part of doing business but it's something that you need to continually evaluate. That's why we move more and more into a zero trust style framework. And we keep talking a lot about zero trust. Trust is a great thing, but it can be abused if it's not validated and vetted on a continual basis. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great point, Nick. And um, I'd like to kind of talk about um, the R Evil ransomware in a little bit more detail now. Um, what can you tell us about it and what is it really designed to do? Yeah, so the best way to think of our evil is they're a ransomware as a service group. Uh, they use an affiliate model. And this is something that we're seeing adversaries do more and more, which is basically I'm gonna outsource my infections and give you a, a percentage of what I make based on your ability to infect people. And because of that, you again, have to defend against a wide variety of attack vectors, largely because you have a lot of groups going at this from a lot of different angles. Some groups may rely on exploitation. Other groups may focus on social engineering. They're going to use whatever means necessary to get in. And for organizations, increasingly, you really need to understand your border, what's exposed, what potential issues you could have, and making sure you do things like the essentials of patching, segmenting your networks, doing things like that are really, really important to defend against these groups. Yeah. 
So, I mean, what what would a company typically see um, during this attack? You know, what's the message and the delivery mechanism that is being used to try and coerce the victims of the attack in, in, into, into potentially paying um, so that they can regain their access to their systems? You know, what what does this kind of ransomware look like from a victim perspective? So ransomware generally is going to be really, really noisy, right? You're going to get pop-ups on your screen. Things are going to stop operating. You're going to have very clear indicators that you've been affected. Uh, and then depending on the group, there are a couple of different ways that they can coerce you into paying. Some of it is just purely, we ransomed your systems. You need to pay us to get access back to the data. Now, more recently, what we've seen more and more of is adding uh, doxing of data. So what they do is they'll exfiltrate a large amount of data and say, well, you have to pay us to get your files back and you have to pay us to make sure we don't release all of this sensitive information that we've obtained. Additionally, and kind of a weird uh, move on to this is they are publicly disclosing a lot of times who they've breached and trying to build relationships with press and a lot of other things to help uh, kind of influence potentially the users from paying their ransoms. Yeah. Absolutely. And you mentioned earlier that there are a the few different types of strategy involved in this attack. Does that mean to say that there's a bit of customization here? Um, well, I guess, in, in other words, was this a targeted attack against certain types of organization? So it, it wasn't necessarily targeted in more so than it affected customers of Kasaya VSA specifically. So in that vein, it was targeted against those specific customers. But because it's a supply chain attack, it's a very difficult thing to defend against. Uh, this is why we always talk about the endpoint kind of being the last bastion and the place where you really need to, to focus your detection. And that's one of the reasons why initially we focused our detection on Cisco Secure Endpoint was to make sure that we have protection on the endpoint, which then cascades into other products. Great. Thanks for, thanks for clearing that up. Um, and, and, and you did kind of cover this a little bit earlier, but I just want to be really clear for our audience. What, from your perspective, is there anything particularly notable about this attack that is perhaps a little bit different from the TTPs that we typically observe um, during these ransomware attacks? So there, there is one thing. Thank you. That's a great question. Uh, one thing that we typically see associated with this is command and control server activity or what we call C2 activity. Uh, that's part of the R evil ransomware that we typically see involved. In this particular circumstance, it appears that the, the C2 connectivity was disabled. So there was no real external connectivity. Once they, they had compromised using the, the Kasaya VSA server, there wasn't any other external communication. So it made it difficult to detect once it was actually starting. Perfect. Um, before I go on to my next question, I've just seen one come in from someone who's watching us on LinkedIn, uh, Wouter, I hope you, I pronounced your name correctly, um, which I thought was quite intriguing. So if you don't mind, I'll, I'll, I'll ask his question now. Um, isn't this the second time Kaseya VSA is being used to push ransomware? In 2019, Gankrab was used, uh, was, was pushed using an SQL injection vulnerability. What are your thoughts yeah, on we, that? We have, seen, we have seen this particular software used in the past to push ransomware, just not on this scale and uh, mm -hmm. this, this level of infection. But again, we've seen lots of MSPs and lots of management software be abused in this manner. The adversary is going to find where you have trust and leverage it against you wherever they can. Perfect. Okay. Um, now, our audience um, might have seen the term in the coverage, synchronized attack. Um, and it's all about computing the current time. Can you, what, what do we mean by that, a synchronized attack? 
So th this is kind of an interesting thing that they did. Uh, when they were deploying the ransomware, they used a, a varying amount of ping. So ping is just basically a, a communication between two systems to say, hey, are you there? And they respond and say, yes, I am. Uh, so they set a specific number of ping requests based on when they were infecting the system to try and get all the systems to actually as close as possible infect around, uh, it was 1430 UTC on July 2nd, if I recall correctly. Okay, great. Um, and also you mentioned we've not seen um, this type of attack on this scale before. So how, how widespread is, is this attack as we, uh, yeah, it's still Wednesday, <laughs> as we currently see it now, how widespread are we talking? Uh, it, it's hard to say with any complete certainty, but we can go off of the things that like Visaya is saying. So that they've said that they saw 60 direct compromises and then uh, something like 1,500 downstream businesses uh, potentially impacted because of that. But the, the true scope likely won't be known for the days and weeks ahead as we learn more and more about what's going on. Yeah. And have there been any more reports of any further compromises of VSA customers since the attack began over the weekend? Uh, I have not seen any. And if you think about it logically, that kind of makes sense. Their, their recommendation is to power off the servers. So if you're following their recommendation and powering off the servers, there's not an attack vector for them to get through anymore. Okay, great. Um, so how can people find out if their organization has been affected by this if they're not currently sure about that so uh, this particular attack should be pretty noisy since it is ransomware based you should be getting things like ransom notes if you are concerned that you are potentially impacted uh you should be you know engaging things like like ir incident response contacting like the cisco talos incident response emergency services line or something like that to try and get people to help you if you have actually been impacted by this as the severity could be uh, pretty bad. Okay, great. Um, and so what's the most critical thing that organizations should do as soon as possible? I think you mentioned it before, but um, just in case anyone's just joined us, what's the number one thing that someone should do in the wake of this attack? So per Kasaya's recommendations, power off your VSA server until they tell you to power it back on and a patch is available, and then apply the patch as soon as possible. Uh, after that, I would begin triaging, looking through logs. Because this was a zero day, this particular group used it in a very, very noisy manner that really opened the door to everybody seeing what it was. That does not mean that they are the first group to have used this exploit. So looking yeah. through the logs as more details emerge about how this exploit works, going back in time and looking at your logs, finding if you had a potential incident previous to this that you weren't aware of. Great. Uh, I've just seen another um, question come in uh, from Christian on LinkedIn. He says, if no C2 infrastructure if, is present, how does our evil evaluate their real estate and prioritize their resources? And how do they might uh, how do they monetize other things like credentials uh, and not just encrypted ransom uh, use cases? So, so this is specific to this attack. And one of the reasons why they did this is because they were using a supply chain. So they were deploying their ransomware using a tool that's designed to deploy software. So you don't really need to be sure that you're infecting systems. Your success rate is gonna be incredibly high. Uh, so they know who they're infecting. They have a better idea. Typically they do have C2 communications because they do need to understand 
how many victims they have. But with this particular circumstance, it was a different type of attack. And that, that doesn't really uh, necessitate that type of a, of a communication anymore. Okay, great. Um, and do you have any other recommendations for how organizations across the world can, can best protect their, their systems from this type of attack? So as I said before, the recommendation from Basaya is to power down the server. But if, if you're talking about from like a Cisco security perspective, one of the most important things you can do is make sure you have a technology like Cisco Secure Endpoint running uh, and that you're, you're you know, updating your signatures and you make sure protection's in place. But the, the real place to look if you're concerned about how many different places can I block this? Where is detection available? Please go check our blog. We're still evaluating what's going on with this incident and continuing to release new coverage as time goes on. So checking that blog is gonna get you the latest and greatest on what coverage has been released, what products it's available in, and what we've found during our investigation, not just now, but in the future about the exploit, initial access, all that type of stuff will be available on that resource. Great. I just had a question in about some recommendations with products uh, from uh, Rakesh on Facebook. Um, they ask, we do we need to install an agent in the endpoint that will monitor the activities of the endpoint or is the network the best solution to prevent it? So it depends on the incident. In this particular incident, your best bet would have been on the endpoint. That again is because they're abusing legitimate software. So if you, if you had Kasaya VSA installed on your system, its job is to push software, monitor systems, push patches. If that's abused, it becomes very difficult to detect outside of on the end system itself. But normally you can have detections in the network. Uh, typically the endpoint is the ideal place just because adversaries can do things like encrypt communications on the wire that can make it more difficult to detect. Whereas on the endpoint, everything tends to be in the clear. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and for anyone interested, we do have some uh, free trials of Cisco Secure products, including Cisco Secure Endpoint, which Nick just mentioned, uh, that is um, ideally suited to um, preventing the execution of malware that we've just talked about. Um, so if you go to cisco.com slash go slash security free trials, you'll see all of the information there. Um, so I think those are, were the kind of the key points that um, you wanted to cover, Nick, but um, and, and there's still Still time, um, a little bit of time for people to get their questions in. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, from a threat actor point of view, what are your key takeaways from the scenario uh, in terms of what it tells us about the current threat landscape? Uh, it's it's an escalation from the ransomware cartels. Uh, just because this is a, a full supply chain attack, this is an escalation. And look, the, unfortunately, these actors are not going away. There is hundreds of millions of dollars flowing into this illicit kind of marketplace right now. And unfortunately, things are going to get worse. So defenders, you really need to get out there, check your boundary, see what potential is issues are there, go back and reevaluate risk. Small vulnerabilities that you don't patch can be devastating in these types of attacks weak credentials there's these adversaries are out there and with affiliate groups growing more and more prevalent there's going to be more and more people that are very skilled at this looking at organizations that aren't used to being uh, looked at by this level of adversary so be proactive work ahead address your issues before a ransomware cartel finds them 
Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, that's just covered a couple of questions that we've had come in, um, which is talking, uh, asking more generically about ransomware attacks and the steps to take. So, um, yeah, that was that that perfectly covered um, those questions as well. Um, and what I will say as well, if you, if anyone um, out there is experiencing an emergency, the Cisco Talos emergency response number, we'll put these um, in the in the chat as well. But it's one eight double four eight three one seven seven one five if you're in the US. It is plus four four eight oh eight two three four six three five three if you're in Europe. And I think my colleague has just yes he has. Excellent. Um the if you're in uh, Asia Pacific uh, and Australia and New Zealand, it is plus six one eight nine four six seven seven eight double one so that is if you are experiencing an emergency that is the number to call for the um emergency response number for cisco tell us um and if you you know if you are uncertain about how your organization might respond in an incident like this it might be um time to consider an incident response retainer if you don't have one already so cisco Talos incident response is available for proactive and response. So essentially, you'll have the Telos team at your call. Um, again, we'll put the, the, the link for those in, in the comments. Um, before we close, Nick, anything else that you would like to, uh, to leave our audience with before we close? Uh, just a reminder, if you are looking for more technical details or want details on what specific coverage is available in Cisco Secure Products, please go check out that blog. We are continuing to update it and we'll continue to do so in the days ahead. Great, thank you. Um, so we'll end today's broadcast on note. Thank you so much. Uh, I'll get my words out in a minute. Uh, thank you, Nick, for helping to break down the key learnings from this attack and for all of your advice about how our audience can protect um, their organizations. Check out the blog. Um, I hope this has been a really informative uh, session for you. Do take care and we will see all of you very soon. Thank you.